Hi, this is Larry Cavi, the voice of Lionel from Thundercat. Hi, this is Allison Court, better known as Claire Redfield. Hey, this is Chris Jericho. Hi, this is Dan Bush. I'm Eric Stewart, the voice of Brock and James from Pokemon. This is Laura Summer from Real Ghostbusters. Well, hey, kids, it's me, Townsend Coleman, and you probably know me better as the voice of Michelangelo from the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You're listening to Alan Price and Chris Vince. And you are listening to Chris and Alan. Chris and Alan, the sexiest beast in the UK. You're listening to Alan and Chris. You're listening to Chris and Alan. You right now are with Chris and Alan. You're listening to Operation Retroshock. 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 Thunder. 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 Thundercat. Cowabunga! Dudes. everybody and welcome to episode 67 of Operation Retroshock. I am one of your hosts, Alan Price, and alongside me, as always, is... That wasn't as musical as last time. So last time was all the jazz hands and things. And jazz hands. And this time was just the norm. Hi, I'm Chris Vint, people, by the way. Are you feeling any better, Chris? I am feeling better, yes. Good. Although I've got lots of things stuck on my back. He's like the bionic man this evening. I do, yeah. We will rebuild him. Well, I don't think Dolph Lundgren or anyone was planning to rebuild him, but anyway, <laughs> if he dies, he dies, but we can rebuild him. That's yeah, more Arnie than it was Dolph, but anyway, uh, get to the chopper. Anyway, let's get on with things, and uh, it's October 23rd, 2013, which means it is one month to the day of a very special anniversary in TV. Yes, it's going to be the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who in one month's time to the day. So that means we decided that we thought we'd do a very special Doctor Who uh, style of show. We do have some more plans uh, coming up for um, the next month. We are going to try and go for a sort of Doctor Who theme the coming month. So um, we will reveal a bit more of that towards the end. We are going to try and have a actual proper 50th special episode of the show for Doctor Who. Um, that will go up the week of the actual 50th anniversary. But there's a few other plans between now and then, which uh, Chris and myself will reveal at the uh, end of the show. But we are going to just do a episode here today where we've gathered a few questions. There's been things going around, like Tumblr and stuff, like, you know, what was it you said, like the 50, like, the 50 days in the run-up to the anniversary, people yeah. were posting questions? Yeah, it's stuff. like every day. It's kind of like those 30-day music challenges where you have to post things. So, like, it'll be different questions. Like, the first one was, like, who was your first doctor? So there were some of these that, obviously, at the time recording this, there's only a few days have gone. 
Um, but we've just decided to put our own, our own questions in yes. and uh, then go with them and uh, we'll crack on with that and see how that goes. Uh, obviously, we don't know how long this episode is going to go, whether it's going to be a 30-minute special, a 45-minute special, or an hour-and-a-half special. Judging by the fact that Alan's here, it'll probably be a four-hour special. Well, our history of Doctor Who has been known to go quite long when it comes to the episodes. Just a little bit. I still will never forget us recording like 10 hours worth of Doctor Who. That's right, yeah. And we were, gonna, we were going to record whenever we were over at the Doctor Who experience, and the only one I have recorded was, you got wow, he's really, really good, man. And then that was it. Yeah. I think that was because that had been a very long day. It had been. But we got footage and pictures and stuff, which was good. Yes. But uh, will we get this thing started? We will get it started, get the party started as the old song goes. Okay, so... Chris, what is the first question? First question is, who was your first doctor? Well, my first doctor was Christopher Eccleston. So it was. Okay. Um, do you remember what the first episode you saw with him in was? Well, Rose. Oh, okay. So it was, I, it was I right was, from the start? Yeah. Then? I saw Doctor Who right from its return, and uh, Christopher Eccleston was my first doctor as a result. Um, it's kind of weird thinking back at it. You know, I I always remember you know hearing from my dad in the build up to its return, saying, "Oh yeah, I remember Doctor Who when I was young and such and such." And the Cyberman scared the hell out of me. Apparently, he still doesn't like it if I have a Cyberman episode in the TV. Oh so I think there's some deep and grand things in the back of his head in that aspect. Just don't tell your dad to press the delete key. You might have a <laughs> flip out moment. <laughs> but. Um, I remember thinking when I sat down originally to first watch Doctor Who when it was returning, thinking I'll maybe watch two weeks of this and I'll probably be bored to tears with it. Yeah. Um, needless to say, that is not the case. And I think part of that was that Christopher Eccleston got me hooked into it because he was a very, very good choice for the Doctor in terms of them trying to get the show on the map again yeah. and bringing it back. Well, plus the fact that he'd been in movies and stuff. Exactly, like, you know, like, you know he'd been in a few years prior to, like, saying Gone in 60 Seconds and all, opposite Nicolas Cage. So, you know, he is, he wasn't a small fry at all, which is probably you know, one of the reasons they decided to bring him in as the Doctor for the show's return. But he had that sort of thing that we've been kind of dying for in the last few years, and that is, a, you know, a grittier Doctor. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, when I first saw him as the Doctor I didn't know that the Doctor originally had different personalities and all that sort of stuff I knew he'd been different men and stuff Yeah. but I didn't know that there was like you know different mannerisms and different things to each one so you know this was a completely fresh experience to me with Eccleston so he is in my top lot of Doctors he wouldn't be my top Doctor but again it's as the saying goes you never forget your first Doctor what about yourself? I think it's a, this is a no-brainer to anybody who has heard you talk about Doctor Who. Yeah, well, you see, whenever Doctor Who first came back, you know, um, I never really paid much attention to it. I was only in, like, the tabloids over here, you know, like the great newspapers like The Sun and The Daily Star Ooh. that showed you, you know, like, episodes that were coming up, and I was just like, ah, graphics and that, you know, CGI, and that's terrible. I remember seeing one of them, I don't know what it was, 
and because uh, I was a Buffy fan, mm-hmm. and I saw Giles uh, Anthony Head was in it, and I thought, oh, school reunion. Yeah, I thought I'll give that a watch. That was my first episode, and that was you couldn't have got a better first episode, really, in terms of if you know you were jumping in after its return. Yeah, um, because obviously I had no idea who Sarah Jane was, and I was wondering if I went back and kind of th- that was one good thing was obviously the later you jump in, you've got so you know like if you jump in at say the 23rd of November whenever this happens you have 50 odd years worth of back catalogue mm-hmm. and I don't think you could say that about any TV show a bar that likes a Carnation Street and things yeah. like that but things you know like these episodes are readily available in DVD mm-hmm. you know the majority of them are so it just depends on who your favourite do- doctor is but uh, David Tennant was my first doctor and yeah um, I was happy with my first doctor mm-hmm. so it was school reunion was your first memory yep. of david tennant then yeah yeah because that was the first episode that i watched and to this well i'll not go into that yet well what was it what was it you thought what was it with tennant that appealed to you was it his you know quirky mannerisms or was it I just the way it, he carried himself i think it was the mannerisms the you know like because obviously i've known about tom baker and the the scarf which i thought was a bit wacky um and colin baker and him wearing you know like the really bright vibrant colours the multicolored. but I just love the fact that you know like he had the big brown coat he had the suit and then he had you know like the Converse shoes on yes which I just thought was brilliant and you know like I I've always said that I would love to get a suit like that and then just get those shoes I know you just have to save up a few hundred pounds yeah, to uh, get yourself in it's, it's doable or are you just going to are you just going to stick to the Forbidden Planet t-shirts yeah I'll probably stick to that because that's the cheaper way it's the so cheapest it, option yeah it is Okay, okay. So next question is. Next question is which cast member has the best Twitter? Hmm. For me, mine would probably be either Colin Baker or um, Karen Gillan. Um, yeah, that's I, that's a fair, they're actually very good, fair shouts. Like, um, it's so funny. Like some of the stuff that Karen comes out with on Twitter is very, very good. She's she's so quirky. Yeah. Uh, you can tell she's another nerd when it comes to that. But Colin Davison's Twitter as well is he's just Colin Davison or Colin sorry. Baker? Ugh. Colin Baker or Peter Davison? Colin Baker. Okay. There's too many Collins and too many Toms and too many Bakers and all that sort of stuff. Um, his Twitter's very good as well. And the thing is, he he, ne- he nearly never stops talking about Doctor Who. Yeah, because there's like a picture on his Twitter lately to do with him, you know, like in the big finish mm-hmm. um, things, you know, to do with um, filming or filming. Um, Recording, you know, like new audio. Yes. Um, uh, audio books. Yes. The word for big finish. For. Yeah. Um, Noel Clark as well, as you said earlier on off air. You've spoke to. I spoke to because he put a, a number up and uh, said that for eight hours you could phone or you could text or whatever. And I was lucky enough to like once the number went live, I think it took me three times to redial it, and then I was able to speak to him. But I didn't talk about Doctor Who because. Mm. I preferred him under Peterson because I knew everyone would talk to him about Doctor Who, and I just didn't want them to be, you know, coming to the this eighth hour and then going, oh yeah, yeah, playing Mickey was fun. So I just thought I'll talk about her Peterson pet and ask him what it was like with those guys. But um, uh, yeah, so that's why I talked to him about that. But he he seems to tweet a lot of stuff that's not really to do with Doctor Who. So that's why I would. He seems to more have a bit of a regular Twitter in terms it's, of yeah, things. It's more, yeah, it's more. It's more a case to do with obviously his, you know, stuff like kid adulthood, adulthood, you know, like and all his, 
his stuff, projects, you know, his, his pet projects. projects yeah, he, he does. Yeah. Um, now Peter Davison is on Twitter, but the sad thing is he's not very active, hmm. which kind of makes me sad because what's her name? Mind the the conversations that I have seen between Peter and Colin mm. have actually been quite funny because <laughs> when Peter first came onto Twitter. Colin was like, "Is you know, are you real?" You know, Colin was like, "Are you real?" And uh, he asks Peter a question. He says, "You know, something like, you know, in 1984, we were at a such and such. What did my daughter say to you?" Like, it's oh, just right. like just it's, to double check that he is real because you know, he doesn't have the verified. Yeah, thing yeah. There. And the thing was, then you saw Peter came back with the answer, <laughs> and it was just like, you know, this is this is brilliant. It's just. It's a shame there isn't more of that going on on Twitter in terms of Sophie um, Sophie Aldrin or whatever her name is the one the, the woman who plays Ace yes she's very on it and then there's the other one there's I cannot for the life of me remember her name um, but she she talks away about Doctor Who but I uh, do you remember the, her character name uh, no I honestly can't she's obviously not that memorable then. not for <laughs> me I was following her but then I unfollowed her classic Doctor Who yeah. I honestly can't remember. What's her doctor? It uh, might have been Baker or it might have been Davison. I honestly don't Okay, know. so you're just completely stabbing in the dark yeah, now. There's no point be. even trying to dig deeper to try and find no, the answer. No, there isn't. There isn't because they'll just hurt my brain more. <laughs> but there is a lot of people like out there, you know, like, it's not a case of the shy away from the doctor who yeah. side of it. They will, you know, because like, obviously that's why people will follow them is because of that. Um, but it's just, you know, like if you want to follow them and you want to hear Doctor Who stories, that's the best. Yeah. Um, and you can, and you kind of can't blame the likes of Tennant and all for not having a Twitter. Yeah, God. Because could you imagine the amount of plaguing that man would get? Well, come back. I know. Don't let go. Jack. You're you're getting him back for one episode. It's fine. Yes. I think that's one of the big interests I have for the fifty is the fact that it's like where is it in his timeline? Mm-hmm. You know, where's he plucked out of? Well, because obviously he's still with Rose. Yeah, exactly. So so it's going to have to be quite early, early enough in his yeah. timeline. Yeah. It's a mystery, but I'm not going to go too into depth of that because I want to try and keep some of that for our actual 50th anniversary episode. You do that. Okay, next question. Next one is a double barrel one, uh, which Both is barrels. who is your favourite companion, old and new? Ooh, old and new, old and new. Um, I have a funny feeling to know who your older one is going to be, but I'll leave you to do that. I... Well, I do like Sarah Jane. It's, I know it's kind of cliche, knowing that she is one of the most popular companions of the past, but I do enjoy uh, her stuff. Now, when it comes to the new companions, now, everybody knows I'm quite a fan of Martha. You know what? A lot, a lot of people are. A lot of people I've talked to have said about Doctor Who, and I've said, like, you know, they're new, the new companions. A lot of people have said, oh, don't even get me started on Martha. I don't like I think, Martha. I think it's just because... She wasn't really given much love, and I think maybe the way they threw the character into it, they basically immediately, like, in her, what was it, like, her second episode, you could tell she was absolutely smitten with the Doctor. Mm -hmm. I think they maybe went too extreme with that aspect. Yeah. Which is why, eventually, when you got to Donna, it was like, yeah, I have no interest in you, mate. Sort of thing. I think that's why they were like, okay, we can't go anywhere like this. You're mean with me, sunshine. But, see, to be quite honest, the more I have seen... Jenna Louise Coleman in the show the more and more I've really been enjoying her as a companion and now more so with 
Capaldi coming in, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be nice to see a dynamic in the fact of the, you know the last number of doctors we've seen with Tennant and Matt Smith. They've both been young doctors with reasonably young companions. Yeah. So there's always that oh they're young they're gonna you know fall in love and all this sort of stuff. Whereas now it's a case of Capaldi's in his fifties. Jenna Louise Coleman's, I think, in her, you know, mid twenties or something like yeah. that. So there's going to be that whole new dynamic, and I can't wait to see how you know I've enjoyed her with Matt Smith to see just where that goes, the dynamic between the two. I think that's going to be something. So I would actually have uh, Jenna Louise Coleman as Clara as one of my favorites of the new stuff. Um, my old one would be Joe Grant. Um, I was right. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've always just I've. I've always liked her, um, both as her character, physical appearance of the character, obviously back then, you know, like running around the wee skirts and everything. Um, (laughs) Risqué for the time. Yeah, but, you know, if you see the likes of Sarah Jane, she's got a lot more get up and go, whereas Joe... Joe's a bit ditzy on it. Yeah, and I that's exactly it in the sense of right. You know, Joe's ditzy to you know to her doctor, whereas Sarah Jane kind of gives it yeah. to Tom Baker. She's like she you know nearly a wee bit like what Amy was like with Matt Smith mm-hmm. in terms of there wasn't a like yes doctor no doctor three bags full doctor. Yeah, but there'll be times where Joe Joe would come in useful. Yeah. you know, like improve her usefulness. Um, and I've I just always liked her as a character. Um, Liz Shaw with Peter oh, with um, John Pertway I just never really grasped for some reason I just, just thought she was a bit of a bleh companion bleh. Uh, new companion would be Donna um, I've never liked Rose Martha I could warm to um, Amy I, I quite liked and Clara I haven't really seen you know like a lot of episodes with her mm-hmm. um, so uh, Donna was just Donna and her doctor, you know, like Tennant, just the mesh between those two and the comedy between those yes. two was something that I think was very important. I think it's because they're both very funny people. Yeah, because you don't get that much with Rose. You know, you get some episodes that are funny, and it's the same with Amy. You know, like she's not really a comedy character, but obviously no. with her having the comedy background, yes, you know, like that's obviously what's integral into that part but um, that's just something that I would say would be um, why I like Donna yeah like if Mike said that he didn't understand why I like Donna and then the more he watched because that was the thing I remember you tell me about like when he started watching the Donna episodes he absolutely hated her yeah and I think it's maybe because of partially the accent and all as well would probably for an American be like whoa yeah. this is a bit funky yeah but I think part of what made Donna and Tennant so good was the fact that you didn't have that dynamic, like I was saying with Martha, in that Martha was smitten with Tennant, whereas Donna completely was like, you know, Tennant said, I just want to meet, and she's like, well, you know. You're only you're, a wee sunshine. Yeah. No chance of that at all. And he was like, no, 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 that's fine. You know, I'm not looking for anything at all. So. The fact that they were literally just proper full-blown travel companions, yeah, I think helped it so much, and just that Catherine Tate's comedic timing at stages through all the episodes was brilliant. But the thing was, the thing with Catherine Tate is, yes, she's a fantastic 
comedic but actress. Could play but she this, could do the serious as like well. Whenever she hears the Oud song, yeah. and then she starts crying, she goes like, "I don't want, I don't want to hear that." You know, make mm-hmm. it stop. You know, things like that. Or the fires of Pompeii. Whenever he, she says, "Just go and save someone," she's like, "Can't it like?" And she just gets really irate with him. Aye. And then he she's been back one of the only. She's been one of the only companions to actually get the doctor to change his mind in that aspect. Yeah, true. Kind of bossed him in to do something yeah. that she wanted. So another one, our next question is another double barrel one. Rather than favourite episode, we're going to have a favourite classic and favourite new school episode. Ooh. Probably favourite classic because I'm a, you know, Peter Davison fan would be Caves Adrazani, but there's a few other Davison's ones that I do like. I like Time Flight and all that sort of stuff because... Mm-hmm. Partially because of the whole Concord aspect <laughs> as well, because like I'm I'm a sucker for sort of you know aviation technology as well, so to have kind of those things plonked together was pretty cool. Um, when was it, the, what was the one that ha- had him and the brigadier? Oh, sure, black sure. black something. Oh yes 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 I remember Flip I remember us watching that and being like what is this craziness? Yeah, because that's whenever you go on about the. Uh, the something like the spaghetti faced man or no, something with the no. thing whenever the two brigadiers touch each other oh the Blinovich limitation effect I that it's just like that's what the world is going to explode because uh, that's that was part of what came back in the whole Amy episodes when young Amy and old Amy touched and it was like what you know Blinovich limitation effect uh, well you talk about your class your new school one then when I was trying, trying to figure out this see thing. this is a lot harder as the new school stuff now I'm probably going to put this in two sort of separate things because you know I'm a big fan of Blink yeah, as an episode because it is just a fantastic episode but I don't want to just outright say that is my favourite new school episode simply because it's it's classed as a Dr. Light episode yes you know it's kind of a wee bit unfair to class it as my favourite full new school episode of Dr. Who because he's not hardly in it really this is this is hard because I do have such favourite episodes. It might actually end up being sort of Tenant's final run in, you know, Tenant's final episodes, you know, the two specials. The end of time. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was just because it got us so emotional. Yeah. You know, there is other episodes that I really enjoy his, but I think just the fact that because at that stage we we're like, damn, one of our favourite doctors is actually going. That I think it actually just kind of was like, yeah. It hooked me right in, and I was just like, oh, I don't want you to go either. No, nobody wanted him to go. I'm still trying to find this, sorry. Because it'll, it'll bug the crap out of me. It will do. <laughs> um, that's that. Um, but I think also, um, another episode of Talents that I really, really liked was Utopia. Before we actually led into the whole um, yeah. Return of the Master. Yeah. Because... I'm, you know, I'm a fan of Jack and all as well. So that whole part was that it was kind of that episode almost started to make more sense to me and have more enjoyment to me after I'd watched the original Torchwood stuff because you know that Torchwood leads in to the start of Utopia because because Jack, you know, runs from the Torchwood base out and then that's when you see him in the Doctor Who episode jumping on the TARDIS. Yeah when he's refilling the TARDIS from the Rift. So yeah, Utopia is one for me. Okay. Um, for me, my f- favourite old school one would be the Time Warrior. Whenever you see um, 
Sarah Jane for the first time with John Pertwee. Yes. Um, I just think that's um, a great one. Um, just it's a really good story. Another one that I really liked was um, a Tom Baker one. I think it's the Seeds of Death. It's the one to do with your guy. You know your guy who was in Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. and um, he's like doing the the the. It's like all the paintings. Yeah. And then at the end, you see Baker getting into the TARDIS and um, John Cleese is there. And then it disappears. He goes like, oh, that's wonderful art. <laughs> um, I just thought that was really good. Um, I'm still trying to find this. It's just going to annoy me. What is it you're actually trying to find? The episode, Modern Undead. That's it. That's it, yes. That's it. Modern Undead. Okay, there we go. That was Bump just, off. that was a freaky episode. Like, that was. But it was good. But it was, it was a case of, that was the whole classic Blinovich limitation effect argument and the fact that everybody ended up giving off about that in the new episodes as well because the two Amy's touched and then I think, what was it, the two Sonic screwdrivers touched or something like that? And yes. And sparks and it was like, yeah. you were told if the two things of the same object touched then basically end of the world. Um, so that would be that um, new school one. I'm really partial to um, school reunion. School, school reunion is just one of those episodes that you can just rewatch and rewatch. Yeah, and then the one after that, the girl in the fireplace. Um, I just love that episode. Another one that would be because I actually have to admit, like Bar Cannon leaving, the girl in the fireplace is one of those episodes that properly pulled on my heartstrings mm-hmm. just that bit at the end where you see basically spoiler alert um, the fact that he comes back to see her again and she's died yeah she's just literally like being it's, ju- away. it's just like oh awkward sort of moment yeah um, another one that I really liked was um, the doctor's wife yes um, whenever obviously Saran Jones my like, goodness, you have literally picked a Matt Smith episode as a favourite episode. It's only that one, and it's only because it's not done by Stephen Moffat. And the fact it has Tennant's interior inside it as well. Yes, that so, that was that was a You know, because whenever that came on TV, I was like, oh my god! It's Tennant's TARDIS. Yeah, I just and like, Everybody oh. started freaking out. I remember the trailers for the start of that series with Matt Smith, and you saw the short glimpse of Tennant's TARDIS. And people were trying to analyze it so hard. They're like, oh, "There's tenant there in the corner. Tenant's in the corner." And it was just like, "No." Yeah, it's, it's so just people were just right. people were just clinging yeah. on to anything and the fact that tenant was going to be in it. Yeah, um, but th- there would be just some honorable mentions for me. Um, so the next one is obviously we have the, our doctor, but who would be our favorite master then? I am partial to a bit of twirling with the mustache, if I am honest. Um, he would definitely be a favourite. I did nice Sims portrayal of the master is very, very good though. Yeah. In terms of again, Sims would kind of be our master in that aspect. Because he's kind of the you know, one of the first ones we ever experienced. But like Sir Roger Delgado and all like that, that he's he's a fantastic classic doctor. And he's classic he's pay- Doctor Who villain. Yes. He just said. I know. I was kind of I was kind of mumbling to myself. I was talking to myself when I was going through it, but the fact that he was basically one of the main guys around the whole Pertwee area, mm-hmm. area, yeah. area, and uh, hearing the stories about how him and Pertwee were such friends. Yeah. Which led to this dynamic on the show. Ah, because it was very like, fr- you know, very team based, and yeah. then. Once, like, um, 
Joe Grant left you know like there was a hole there and then he died in a car accident mm-hmm. and then Pertwee kind of wasn't the same and then they got the guy in to replace him mm-hmm. who you'll see in like the five doctors and things yeah. like that I'm sorry I can't remember his but name but it's, it's Delgado's voice as well yeah it's he's a very threatening doctor or th- got me out I know very threatening master yeah. but the thing is is that he doesn't really need to do an awful lot yes he can stay you know like he's kind of just you know like the it's kind of like the um, Jedi mind trick but he just does it with his eyes and then under his control and then the doctor will be like oh he's under the control of the master Mm -hmm. and you're just like oh my but it's it's, if nobody's ever seen it um, you know you're probably going to know where I'm going to go here in terms of Pertwee stuff Um, somebody a few years ago online created like an anime yeah based around you know, Pertwee and Delgado, the Doctor and the Master, and then other the other Masters are involved as well in it. So if you're a fan of classic Doctor Who and classic Masters, go online and watch that because it's it's amazing that that guy was able to go back and just find all these lines of dialogue throughout the episodes mm-hmm. that he could then use in the anime yeah. between them. It's really, really good. But yeah, Delgado and Sims. What, what was your opinion of... Sims is a master. Oh, I thought he was brilliant. Um, in fact, I would have gone so far as to say that if Sim wasn't the master, I think he would have been a hell of a doctor. Mm-hmm. So it was, but again, it's just very because we'd obviously seen him in the likes of Life on Mars and things like that as well. Yeah. You know, like um, Sam Tyler, the character he portrays, very you know, like um, obviously he's in a coma and you know, like here, like his life support machine's going to be switched off and he's panicking and things. So you can see like the emotion in his face, but it's just like it's just whenever he's sitting around the table and he says uh, he puts the gas mask on, he goes like, "What's that for?" And he goes like, "For the gas." Mm-hmm. And you see them all, "You're crazy!" And you and see the thumbs, the thumbs up, up, yeah. And it's just like it's, it, he totally made you believe he was the doctor. That not doctor. Say we're going. <laughs> we have this in our flipping mind now. We have it's because we're talking doctor. But you could believe he was the master simply because he you. He just portrayed insane. Yeah, especially in in the end of time, wherever you hear, you know, like the four, you hear the explanation of the four the four things, and you're mm-hmm. thinking, oh, spoiler alert, you're thinking he's going to be the downfall of the Doctor, and it's not him. Uh, Aye, because in the episode, that's he starts doing the pattern of the four yeah. beats on and, the but drums. But even the drum is just a. And yeah. that's the thing that he keeps hearing and then your woman says oh doctor he will knock four times and then and then you hear the four things and you're like he somehow that's going to happen yeah and you know it doesn't and it wasn't yeah so um favorite music track now obviously this will probably this will probably only really um no what you can actually do is we'll do two things okay favorite music track from current doctor right okay but your favorite intro to Doctor Who, so whether it be um, whether it be Baker's intro, whether it be Davison's, whether it be Sylvester McCoy's, whether it be you know anything mm-hmm. like that, um, I would say that my favorite music track would probably be Validation. I thought that would probably be um, for because you. that is just every time I hear that, um, you know, like you just picture Tennant stumbling to his TARDIS. 
getting in there, you know, taking it off, and then, you know, just... Did he not? He's taking it... Well, he took his <laughs> thing off, and just, his coat off, and just flung it down. He had good aim. Um, we saw him, you know, then, just as you said earlier, you know, saying that, you know, I don't want to go, and... Yeah. Um, as I said, no, you know, like, even whenever they played it at the Doctor Who at the prom, you see yes. that happen, and you see a girl lift up her glasses and kind of just dab under yeah. her eye. And that's that kind of gets me you know mm. it's it's not the music and and i still remember whenever that happened and then you were talking to andy and you like whenever I started singing the guy was singing you were like i thought that was a woman singing that. Mm-hmm. and then you mentioned something to do with something downstairs but anyway uh we'll not, we'll not talk about that but that would be that and then obviously i love the part we intro but yes. the davison one is pretty cool as well i'll i'll it's, have to give you that yeah the Davison intro for me the, is just the McCoy one's too jazzy. Yeah, so it is. Yeah, it's far too jazzy. But for me, <coughs> just the Davison intro just kind of is Doctor Who. Yeah, it's the fact that it's the style of the tune, it's the style of the graphics, all that sort of stuff. It just fits together, and just it just works. It's a case of if you see people do like fan projects. <coughs> always seem to try and if they do their own version of the the intro they always seem to try and semi-base it off that era's sort of music Mm -hmm. you know the sort of the high-pitched sort of electronic style music they try to feel but even if you noticed that on the the teaser for the font for Doctor Who the music um, at the end is the very first Doctor Who's music which I thought was brilliant because Mm -hmm. I I'm sorry but I don't particularly enjoy Matt Smith intros like the Tenant one is and the Tenant yeah. one is like it's not it's not a knock on uh, Murray Gold or oh, no, 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 he's no. a fantastic composer for goodness sake but I'm interested to see now they've got a new theme together for the 50th I know mm-hmm. that much but I wonder will we then get another new version of it eventually when Capaldi takes over I think you have to because I think, I, every, I, think, I think each doctor kind of needs, needs their own it sort it of needs thing. like a little bit of a tweak. Yeah, a bit exactly. Of torque, you know? And they're going to have to change the the way they're going. It looks like they'll probably end up having to change the uh, intro style as well, not music, but the actual video. Yeah. Because what the only time they haven't changed it in the modern era was between Eccleston and Tennant, mm-hmm. whereas what. Smith has changed like two or three times yeah. in his time. Yeah, it has done. So it would be logical for them to shake it up again for Capaldi. But in terms of actual other, you know, non-intro musical tracks, and that I enjoy, uh, Validation is awesome because of the whole tenant aspect. But I am. Uh, yeah, I know what you're going to say. You might be, and you might not. Um, I'm quite a fan of uh, Amy and the TARDIS. All oh, right, okay. I was going to say I thought you would have been a fan of I Am the Doctor because that's I'm going there. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> that's um, don't worry. It wasn't only going to be one song. <coughs> um, but Amy and the TARDIS, just that music when she first steps in the TARDIS at the end of uh, her first episode, mm-hmm. just it yeah, just Thor. yeah, it just kind of it's just the sort of perfect music that you'd be like that's how you would kind of feel and that would just kind of sum up your attitude if that was you walking into the TARDIS my music for me walking through the TARDIS would be a big trombone just go <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes also I am the Doctor Madman in the Box mm. as well because they kind of link into each other they kind of carry on into the next track um, I do like I will have to say that I do love the um, This Is Gallifrey as well yes. I love that track 
especially mm-hmm. what they did at Doctor Who the proms where they played that and they had each doctor the regenerations their last moment and then the regeneration yes. I thought that was just yes. um, superb but my latest favourite track which I'm actually really disappointed is not on the Series 7 CD uh, was the last track played it, I don't think it has an official name even because it's not on a CD but it was the last track that was played when John Hurt was revealed as coming in for the 50th oh, okay. that sort of music that was playing once Amy, Amy were just names up the left tonight when Clara had uh, ended up in like the Doctor's kind of time, his time stream yeah. Yeah. basically and all the other Doctors were walking past <coughs> her and then Smith arrives down and you see just the music playing when John Hurt is talking saying you know what I did I did without choice mm-hmm. just the music building and building and building and then he turns around and you're just like <gasps> amazing which just is why everybody's really excited about the 50th more than anything okay um, favourite anime favourite anime hmm see I don't want to be cliched I know I'm trying not to go for a Dalek um, the Daleks I actually know what I'm going to go for. Good. But, see, and the thing is, as well, for me, the Cybermen are good, but I don't think they've ever had, well, especially in modern Doctor Who, that sort of really standout episode. Yeah, I was going to say that myself. That makes you go, yeah. The Age of Steel one, the one that had Trigger from Only Fools and Mm -hmm. Horses, I thought was a two-part ride. It's, there's, there's a lot in Tennant's timeline I can watch and there's very few I can't watch and that two-parter is one that I can't watch an awful mm-hmm. lot. It is it is a bit of a poor one like so it is. A lot of the a lot of episodes in Tennant's era if they were you know what you would consider maybe below par mm-hmm. is you can watch them because it's Tennant. Yeah like the Daleks take Manhattan that would be another one. Mm-hmm. Which was has uh, Garfield in it the guy who now plays Spider-Man. Oh. Um, I was amazed when I eventually found out that he was one of the guys in Hooverville. I didn't know that. Just like, oh my goodness. But, um, yeah. I'm trying to think. I'd probably go for either the Ice Warriors or the Suntarans. Suntarans, yeah. Suntarans have been. I think Suntarans will become. Have become a lot of people's favourites in terms of not because they're really the villain anymore, yeah, but because of the whole uh, you know gang that has gathered, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of recently, what is it? What do they call like the Nostra Nostra Astra or something? Gang, I can't remember the exact term, but um, the way they're kind of just the buddies of the Doctor now, yeah, that the Suntarans have ended up kind of becoming favourites because of that because he's kind of portrayed as a bit dim. Yeah, and you kind of got that with um, Silurian. No, what am I thinking? Mass Effect. No, it's because the names are so similar. Because you've got the Silurians yeah. and the Salarians. Oh right, okay. It's basically the, that the, is the two name differences between the two things. Right, okay. Well, like the lizard people. Yes. Like, because obviously one of them's friends with the Doctor that you see. Um, Madame Vastra. Yeah, you see her talking like River Song and saying like uh, it's a message for the Doctor. I need to get to him. Blah blah blah. Um, but they, that's another that's another Doctor Who creature that has been both villain and yeah. ally. Yeah. So, but I just I just like in the old school. I just like the 
the ice warriors themselves the way they were actually done i think mm-hmm. that the way they were done was fantastic ice I, ice warriors are definitely up there especially in the fact that the way they were brought back in matt smith's <coughs> m- most recent series and that they weren't messed about with a great deal. Yeah, I think with some of them you can't really mess about with. Like I, I obviously understand with, you know, back in the day, if, if you have like the Zygons or something like that, it is just basically like a rubber suit, mm-hmm. and you have to do some degree of messing about with it. But they kept it, they kept the homage to the original, and it worked mm-hmm. well. You know, like so you need to keep it. But it seems like they've kind of decided to do that now. Yeah, but like you, you can't go like a because it, you could have a cyber. The Cybermen have if you you look at whenever we were Doctor Who experience and then you look at the, the progression, the, the progression of them. That's fine, but you can't just go right, right. Okay, here's a monster from back in the day, and this I, is I what it looked like now. Remember there was one with like a big eyeball. I can't remember. It was like uh, um, one of uh, Pertwee's. And then you just go and it'll be like a big eyeball, and then the costume will be different. And they're like, "That's such and such." Be like, "What? No, no, doesn't make any sense." No. Okay. It's fair to say then we're totally inconclusive in that, that there's a favorite, you know, bad yeah. guy. Okay. <laughs> uh, favorite quote. Favorite. Quote. Reverse the reverse the polarity of the neutron flows would be. My How did I guess? Because you were go there. because I was watching there was a thing on Spearhead from Space on Blu-ray, and mm. it was the thing to do with Pertway and I think it was Barry Letts talking and he said that whenever he wrote the script you know they write all these te- this technical mumbo jumbo and part of would struggle with it so he wrote that there and he, he said like he said like you wrote something about reverse polarity of the neutron flows and he goes like is that too complicated for you went, no I love it so every time like and it just has like a minute <laughs> clip and you just go reverse the polarity of the neutron flows reverse the polarity of the neutron flows you know what I did I reversed the polarity of the neutron so flows so you just kind of fell in love with it and he just fell in love with it and he's just like that that would be one and there's one from uh, the idiot's lantern mm-hmm. um whenever the doctor is in your man's house and the guy says something the doctor goes i'm talking and the doctor goes and i'm not listening yes i love that i remember just being in stitches whenever uh, that happened but that would be mine and another favorite quote of mine isn't actually from the doctor but i just love the term hello sweetie yes um from river song yes um i just love that as well. that's that's another twist in terms of the future whether we're going to see river appear with capaldi at some stage because we haven't ever officially really had it confirmed whether she has met Capaldi or not yeah, she has the she book. just said to Tennant you're not my doctor and whereas because she has appeared with Smith so much yeah makes you appear to think that he is her doctor yeah. in terms of the fact that they got married and stuff like that mm-hmm. but you never know how many other adventures she maybe went on with Capaldi or whatever not as true. well it's, it's it's a mystery we don't really know um but um, yeah, I I think I think a, I think a river and Capaldi dynamic would be quite interesting. Okay, well you're getting off track. Favorite quote. Uh, favorite quote. Um, funny enough, probably Run. Fun, probably probably, <laughs> <laughs> probably funny enough from uh, Matt Smith, and it's not Geronimo. Don't worry. No, um, probably his whole speech at Stonehenge. Oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be able to paraphrase it like, but you know. Just the sort of way he builds it up and builds I've up and nothing says two lose. And it's just like the way he builds it up and says, <coughs> you know, remember every black day I ever yeah. stopped you? Yeah. And then what was it? And, and then, then and then, and then. You know, why don't you let somebody else try first, sort yeah. of thing? So and then all the V spaceships disappear and all. I think it's the music as well with that kind yeah. of just like, but yeah, that's one of my favourite quotes. Okay. 
Uh, a favourite Doctor Who item that we have? Ooh, favourite Doctor Who <coughs> item. Probably basically most of sort of our experiences, be it photos or anything like that, that we got from the Doctor Who experience, because that was just awesome. Yeah. Um, the wee picture that we got that made us look like we were in like, the TARDIS <laughs> and stuff. Um, but I do like my master laser screwdriver uh-huh. and my Matt Smith sonic screwdriver. I like that. That's up there. Yes. So, um, yep. David Tennant yep. thing that um, Mike Lacey was kind enough to give me for Christmas or my birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that and I love my... I still need to get it. Uh, that's what I should actually ask Haley for for Christmas then. Um, since she's struggling Fridays. Um, you know, I have my Tennant t-shirt and my yes, Davison yes, one. Yes, yes. I still need to get a Pertwee one. Yes. I still need to get my yes, Pertwee one. Yes, so... Yes. Um, that would I just love those t-shirts and our lithograph that we got from their Doctor Who experience. Oh yes, and there's you know like there's Off the Cyberman. Yeah, like you've got me like a, a book that I you know like been reading stuff and then I've got like the, um, the companions. But um, another thing, one of my favorite items is actually one of the issues of the Doctor Who magazine that actually ranks all the Doctor Who episodes. Mm-hmm. You know, and says what's the best of all time. The caves at Adrazone. Adrizani. Yeah, uh, baby. It was the best of all time. I think Blink was number two or three. So very good choice. Yeah. So um, favorite moment. Oh or, lord. Uh, or and from favorite moment, should we go to standout moment from you? Oh. So if I was to go to you, Alan, Doctor Who, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Because normally that would be a standout moment for you. Oh my goodness, that's that's so pressure putting as to the moment. I know what mine is. The moment, if you were to say to me, the first sort of major moment that pops into your head in regards to Doctor Who would be when Tennant is saying goodbye to Wilf at Donna's wedding. Okay. Mine is actually slightly before that. Mm -hmm. And sitting on New Year's Day, I think it was, and whenever Tennant goes like, I've done it, I've done it, and you just hear the... Yeah. And I remember just hitting your arm, and it's Wilfred... That's basically the doctor's downfall. Yeah. But then you know, like just hearing Tennant say, you know, like um, you know, Wilford just going like, no, please, no, and he goes like, it'd be my honour. And then you know, just um, taking in the radiation, very much like Pertwee did, you know, mm-hmm. like um, and then funny and how both my favourites die from radiation poisoning. <laughs> but I, I, I find, I, I, I still remember that to this day that, like. The second you saw Tennant curl up into the ball on the ground, I was like, he's just going to secretly, quickly regenerate here. That yeah. way there's not going to be much fanfare or anything like yeah. that. And he got up and it was still Tennant. You're like, whoa, what's happening here? And then that was the whole sort of extra thing that he got in that episode was the yeah. fact that he ended up then going and seeing everybody. Yeah. But I think I, th- I found that quite funny, funny that two of our standout, our kind of the first things we kind of latch on to if someone was to say Doctor Who does, both contain Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I do think that just that scene. <coughs> when they're at Donna's wedding and Tennant just doesn't have to say anything or do anything and you know they've just found out the fact that he went back and borrowed a pound coin from Donna's dad yeah. and got them a lottery ticket that was obviously secretly rigged because he knows the future yeah. and it's just like you know, they're just so happy in the fact that he's looked after her and knows that her future is sorted yeah. and cared for and just as little sort of the wee you know, sort of blowing up a yes, kiss. Exactly, and then the slit yeah. and the kind of, you know, like the real teary eyed. You know, he thing. knows that's him going. Yeah. 
Okay, <laughs> so we went from our we went from our favorite moment to our least favorite moment. Oh Lord. <laughs> uh, two, um, fear her, Chloe Weber. You know that just voice just completely rips through me. Chloe um, Weber. Oh, shoot me now. And then probably not a surprise to a lot of people, but loving monsters. Mine would be Daleks from Manhattan. The whole pig thing, I just didn't get. Um, and I don't, I'm trying to think. I would probably say that, unfortunately quite a few of the Christmas episodes were, apart from the Christmas Carol which I quite like but the other one that had um, what's his face the comedian Bill Bailey in it the, the basically the Lion and Witch and Wardrobe yes, kind of one, that one that. I did not enjoy that one bit um, I didn't like that at all um, I, what was it it was the doctor the widow in the wardrobe or something uh, something like that I just didn't rate that it was that was such a poor episode it was unreal and you know you can understand it's trying to latch on to the whole Christmas good feelings you know bringing a family member home sort of stuff yeah but the fact that one of the things and it's not like you know it was the be all and end all of what you were expecting from that episode but the fact that it was like getting bigged up so much that Bill Bailey was in it yeah and, and he's in it for like one minute <laughs> yeah yeah, and it's just like yeah, we're here and we're doing this, and like something's gonna blow up, and I was like, so we have to go now. Bye. <laughs> yeah, bye. It's like what? No, Bill Bailey, come back. And it was like the fact that it was like forest beings and trees, yeah, and no, it's just like no, no. thanks. Uh, favorite Tardis interior. Ooh, I am quite fond of the current Matt Smith one, uh, so I am. But I'm actually gonna have to just say too, in terms of modern era tenant. Old era Davison, and it's just it is biasy in that aspect. But I think I'd probably agree with you on both sides there. Um, I think having both seen both of them as a doctor experience, I guess in person, you know, like was a big thing. Um, I just like the fact that you know, obviously Davison's was on like the five doctors and things like mm -hmm. that, um, and then obviously watching, you know, like on the likes of iTunes, I've downloaded quite a lot of his stuff mm -hmm. that I've actually still to work my way through and that's one thing about iTunes is just you could spend a fortune on there I know um, but the thing is is that some of them are like four parts and it's like a fiver yeah. so and then you can just pop it on there or now with the cloud thing you could just basically download it anytime or just stream it ah, exactly you know so um, but I still I still would like if I was to ever get the opportunity because that was the cool thing for us when we went to the Doctor Who experience not only did we get to see the Davison interior and the Tennant interior you know we got to see at that stage the current Matt Smith interior I would love if the opportunity ever was to arise to get to see that current interior of the TARDIS just because it just looks it looks so different to what we've had yeah and the fact that it's a double layer one and all it's a lot more clear that this has different layers yeah and they try to you know show you you know we got a glimpse of it in the previous Smith interior and that they can go off and do other things mm -hmm. with whole, you know, Amy and Rory and like bunk beds and stuff like that. Still didn't stop them, um, but I think that would be a cool thing. Um, I know they were doing that at like the last sort of kind of convention that they had in Cardiff during the summer. I think that you could 
book there was limited places to actually go to the sets okay. and they actually took you to the TARDIS set and all as well so I would like to see if they did that again in the future because that could be a potential yes, that wee would, trip <coughs> that would be okay <coughs> right so um, there's going to be another question after this one that I've just thought of a person you would like to see return person I would like to see return is it absolutely anybody that has been in the show yeah anybody that's just been like in the your show. dream like if you had uh, Peter Capaldi and you know you had Cla- you had um, Anna Louise Coleman there and then you would put somebody else in and you said right do an episode with them it may sound extremely biased but Peter Davidson okay fair enough just because just I am such a fan I know I know people will probably be screaming at me saying oh well you got time crash anyway so you know don't you know don't be getting picky and such but it is just the fact that that he just is such a memorable doctor and he's probably one of the rare older doctors that could still be got away with on screen yeah you know because no offense to sylvester mccoy but he's looking his age now yeah like you know, they're all looking their age tom baker's um like really looking his age whereas peter <coughs> peter yes he's getting old but because he was so young when he did the mm. doctor he's still a lot younger than the others well i'd like to see his daughter return that would that's a good shout you that know. is a good shout it's it's kind of a shame that she has never reared her head again yeah because we now know she has time lord capabilities yeah. and regeneration because if you were to see if you were to see her um and you were to see river i was just about to say what would the dynamic be like in that oh you never told me you had a daughter yeah like exactly. if, he, if he somehow kept it secret and never told one thing he never told river was well i was married to him so you're my mother well not technically yeah. but i'll be your mama if i want you know <laughs> that would be a cool idea but um okay so our penultimate question is um this is this is going to be hard but we're going to everything's do, been hard during this right obviously we've lost quite a few members of the doctor who oh. family um, two of which have been Nicholas Courtney and um, God Elizabeth Sladen. Uh, your favourite moment of each character, please. Well, for Elizabeth Sladen is probably school reunion. Okay. Because that was the first time I ever experienced yeah. Sarah Jane, and you know the second after I found out, I was like, oh right, she's passed, and you know I went and hunted and found out what the story was, and you then it all clicked into place, and I was like, oh right, that's why it meant so much for you know tenants doctor to see her and meet her so that school reunion would probably be that in terms of the brigadier it's kind of weird in that it doesn't really involve him but it does and that is the scene with matt smith when he's told that the brigadier's passed Mm. again partially because of the somberness with the music and all that it's like, you know, he gets on the phone, he's all jovial, and it's like, you know, tell him I'm coming over and we're going to do this and this and this. And then the girl's like, unfortunately, he's passed away. And I think because that all happened around the time that he had passed, yeah, it kind of was just, you know, there and it kind of just clicked in for me. But if I'm talking about an actual episode he's involved in, probably something like Modern Undead for a laugh was entertaining. Well, I mean, he'd been with the second, third, fourth fifth and sixth doctor and he'd been with Sarah Jane the Sarah Jane adventures sadly he was meant to be in the wedding of Sarah Jane uh, which, which would, would have meant him and Tennant would have been together yeah but unfortunately that didn't happen um, 
So, you know, like he'd been with... That was that was one of the main reasons why I went and watched some Sarah Jane episodes. I literally went and found the ones that he was involved with. Yeah, and that exactly. was amazing. Yeah. Um, I would probably say Battlefield with McCoy. Yeah, that is um, good. Because it's just a case of, you know, like this is the last time we kind of see him in the full... His prime. You know, like in the Doctor Who episode. Um, and then we see Bessie as well and things like that. <laughs> um, as with Sarah Jane... Um, as with Sarah Jane, I would probably say... Um, the Stolen Earth, mm-hmm. um, which is the one wherever obviously Davros and the Daleks have yes. taken them, and then she's got the Warp Star. Yeah, and you know, like you see her talking and um, you know, like her palette and the TARDIS and things like that, mm-hmm. and just like you know, like all different. Yes, you know, because you had Rose, you had Donna, so you'd had like the current companion, you'd had one a prior, and then you had like a really old school one, mm-hmm. you know. So I just liked seeing that dynamic as well mm-hmm. um, but you know like those two were just people who just really made their mark on Doctor Who mm-hmm. and sadly are you know the gone but not forgotten kind of thing and our last um, question is our thoughts on Peter Capaldi as the Doctor like obviously BBC had decided to do the 30 minute thing obviously the reason why it was 30 minutes is because if it's over 15 minutes it means that it can get put in the ratings that's why they do a lottery thing that's over 15 minutes yeah. is to get the ratings um, what were your thoughts going into it because obviously whenever Tenant was going we'd had a lot, lot, lot of names you know batted yeah. around whether it be John Sim whether it be like I remember seeing a picture of Richard Hammond as a doctor and things there like that there was so many just basically names. anyone just who like James Nesbitt was another one basically anyone who was male who was uh, an actor was uh, in the role I'm it, British <laughs> it's basically like if you're support um, football slash soccer or American football mm. and there's all the transfer or ice hockey and there's all the transfer like News. I remember Manchester United had like and it went on for a minute like all these players who were linked in a season mm-hmm. and they ended up getting three players yeah. you know so that's so what were your thoughts whenever you actually heard that it was him I was extremely extremely happy and it was it was weird because you know you'd heard the rumours and there'd been the rumours of certain guys and I was like yeah those guys would be really really good as the doctor and they'd be good and they'd be different and you know of course there was the whole stuff about you know should there be a woman and should there be a you know person of you know sort of African descent yeah you know a man of colour in the job and um, obviously we didn't go the women direction or that at all this time but there was a few actors that had been thrown out there that had Helen Mirren was one that was never even going there Um, but um there was what's his name? What's his name from IT Crowd again? I can never pronounce his surname. Oh, um Adio. Yeah. Him. I remember I'd seen him in um what was it, that uh, Ben Stiller movie on the way home on the plane from America. Oh yes. And after watching that, that was before I hadn't seen IT Crowd or anything and I'd seen him in this and I was like when I then heard that he was possibly a link to Doctor House, like, he would be so funny as the Doctor. He would be. I think he'd be brilliant. Um, and, there of course, was the other, and of course, he covers the whole ethnic basis. There was as the well. other one as well that was linked. Was did you ever watch Peep Show? Yes. Do you remember? I think it was. Yes, I know who you mean. The David Mitchell's yes, boss, yes, him, yes, yes, yes. Um, he was linked with it as well. Yes, um, but I'd heard Capaldi rumored, and the thing is, see when you hear someone rumored, you go they're obviously not the Doctor then. Yeah. Because if their names got out, they're not the Doctor. Yeah, because it's like watertight. Yeah. But when I heard his name, I was like, yeah, 
he would be a really really good doctor and it wasn't because you know I hadn't seen him in a lot of other stuff mm. but I knew the quality of actor he was yeah and I and it was probably partially that and the fact that I was like I was so hoping for an older doctor mm. because we'd had a couple of youngsters and you know to get back on point the second when they were getting ready to announce the doctor and uh, Zoe Balls on stage and she goes yo and the person who is the next doctor is and he saw the shot of the hand and I'm sitting there just and like my eyes are so wide open and I just see you know the hand fidgeting like nerves and I just saw the hand and I was like that's an older hand yeah it's like that's an older person and at that stage I was just like I almost don't care who it is now because it's an older person doing and then she announced Peter Capaldi and I was just like thank you so much because he is just going to be amazing and it's going to be so so interesting in terms of not only you know the way he plays it but the way Moffat is going to have to change his style of writing is just going to flip everything on its head and it's something that the show drastically needed and um of course we're getting another Scottish doctor so hopefully the trend of being a very popular doctor continues in that aspect what, what were your th- sorry what, go ahead what were your thoughts as well because a lot of people were saying oh he's in the fires of Pompeii and he, oh, he was in Torchwood as well mm-hmm. so uh, it doesn't make sense that he's the doctor right well personally I'm not going to get uppity about it or anything I, I personally do not care because there's been other people who have been in other roles in Doctor Who and then came into a more prominent role look at Karen Gillan as Amy, she was also in Fires of Pompeii as like one of those soothsayery people yep. mm-hmm. um, Martha Martha as well had her Colin Baker. cousin Colin, Colin Baker, Baker. exactly the there's, been so, yeah, there's been so many people in different roles so does it really matter and people are going well it's because he is now the Doctor he is the character but it's like you're saying Colin as well mm-hmm. he was in it before and uh, to be honest I don't mind it at all um, but what I think is interesting is something that there was an excerpt of um, a question I think that had been asked to Moffat or something like that and he was talking about you know people had kept badgering him badgering him about this point saying you know what are you going to do he's been in Fires of Pompeii he's been in Torchwood how are you going to explain this and you know typical Moffat would have been his sort of answer would have been to say like what I'm saying, it doesn't matter. There's other people who've been in the role, but he turned around and said that it had been something that even Russell T Davies had thought about was bringing Peter Capaldi in as a doctor, mm-hmm. and he'd already thought up this idea as to how do you explain it, as to why has this face been in various different parts of Doctor Who fandom, not fandom, you know, just lower. And apparently, uh, Moffat dropped him an email when he decided to hire Capaldi. And he says, um, would your story still work after all I've done to the show? And Russell said, yes, here it is. And he's explained it all to Moffat. So it would be it would be quite interesting to see them acknowledge it. Yeah. The fact that this face has been in the show before. But it is kind of acknowledged that the doctor it's kind of like a memory <coughs> bank these faces are pulled from memory yeah sort of thing so yes we might not have ever seen their faces in the show and some we might have but it just leads to he randomly picks a face and he goes from there but uh what i was going to say was 
in your opinion, what was what did you feel like when Capaldi was announced? Because obviously you haven't been, you know, you were a big Tenet fan, and then Smith came in, and you haven't been overly keen. You've kind of, you have, I'm not going to say you fell out of love with the show, but you weren't as drawn to watch it with Smith as the Doctor. It's nothing to do with per se as Smith as the Doctor. It's to do with the writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've went back and watched like because season uh, series five is on Netflix. I went through back and watched like quite a few things of them. You know, like the one with the Weeping Angels. You know, like the one with the Big Bang and things mm-hmm. like that. But for me, kind of like the reason why I've fallen out. Like one of the the ones that I actually enjoyed was the one to do with the dinosaurs. Because it was just it was just a a stupid episode, you know. Like it didn't have any purpose. But Doctor Who should be fun, yeah. You know, like, and it's not a case of you know, like this whole River Song thing was so convoluted and such nonsense. (laughs) You know, like River Song, the TARDIS is made Melody Pond. It's just like, oh my god, what? (laughs) So basically, you know, like your father's kissed your mother. What? Uh, I just, I just, I I just, I just love the meme that is out there of the scene where you know Smith's doctor's getting shot by the astronaut yeah. which is River and it's what was it it's something along the lines of you know bringing your wife to see you getting shot by your wife when your wife's mother is there pregnant with your wife and it's just like all this jumble stuff and you're just like yeah. just, your mind blows um, whenever I whenever I, he was announced um, like you I saw the hand move and it was just kind of like that you know like you could tell by no pun intended the timeline on his hand yeah. you know like that's an older hand yeah. and then it was him and it was just like brilliant because with you saying you know like earlier on about the dynamic between him and Clara I think because Pertwee was such a big you know like such a huge yeah. doctor to me Pertwee was obviously one of the older more mature ones Yes. so I'm interested to see and Joe how, was one of the youngest so I'm interested yeah. to see if that dynamic carries over Comes back you know out, like yeah. Clara will say something oh doctor we should do this we're like don't be so stupid or things like that mm-hmm. but it'd be interesting to see you know like obviously as you say the writing needs to change because it's not a case of drastically to be honest you know like you, you, can't, you can't have him you know do the larger episode or th- something like that because mm-hmm. that, that, that wouldn't work that makes no sense mm-hmm. you need to have him not as more he's more physically imposing yes. now you know like and that's, he's that's, more that's the thing is you know we're thinking of it in terms of style as in you know, tee hee ha ha jokey jokey aspect as well but not only is that going to have to change and become a wee bit darker because that seems to be the way we're hinting in terms of the way when Capaldi did his you know hello I'm Peter Capaldi and I am the new doctor he kind of did this sort of you know sort of wee wry smile on yeah. his face like you know I'm, I've got a wee bit of darkness to me doctor and I love it um, but like I said not not only are we going to have to change away from the jokey jokey ha ha but because he's an older doctor and an older person in general, we aren't going to get away with these big running scenes well, to get to away from fair, the bad guys. To be fair, Matt Smith hasn't really, like, Tennant ran his socks off. Mm. You know, like, but to be honest with you, I can't really name that many scenes where Smith has done, like, lots of running. But he has, he is still very a hyperactive doctor in terms mm. of bouncing about the place. But I think it's going to have to lead to the fact that. Capaldi's doctor is going to have to use a lot more of his cunning. Or what he could do was get one of those shot mobility things and just <laughs> put away on that. Run, Clara, just put her in the basket and oh then drive dear. off. 
Um, but on that note, I think we'll probably end it there because we were going to aim for a half an hour and we've doubled that and some. Have we? Yeah. One final thing. One final thing with Capaldi. What style of outfit do you think he should adopt? Because we've had two very different. Well, sorry, sorry. We'll go with three, include Eccleston. You know, I liked Eccleston's outfit in that it was very casual in yeah. terms of. It's what you see. It's kind of I almost kind of saw myself in it in the terms of you know the leather jacket and the trousers. It was all very normal sort of stuff. You would just yeah. walk into your shop and you would get. Then you went to Tenant, which was modern but kind of prim and proper. You had the long jacket and then a proper suit underneath. Yeah. Then we went to Smith, and it was kind of like opposite opposite age spectrum. You had the sort of troutony sort of era bow tie sort of stuff. Yeah, with the young with, actor with the elbow pads with on. the young actor <coughs> one thing I wouldn't like to see with Capelli is they almost go the opposite route well, and make him wear young stuff and t-shirt and like cut jeans or something jeans not so much but the just completely just opposite to what he should be I think Capaldi should probably go the route of something towards a part way like cravat and kind of things like that. I think he should be a sort Some of distinguished. Yes. Yeah. You know, just just a wee bit there. bit of a step up from sort of tennis. He should. I think he should still wear some sort of a suit. Yeah. But maybe just that extra step. I think he'll wear something colorful, something vibrant, or well, well, it could be a case if he's a dark doctor, you could just see him wearing a lot of black. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of black. Maybe like kind of black with like a white shirt. Mm-hmm. You know, to kind of make that pop. Mm-hmm. And then maybe like say like the bow tie or the cravat or mm-hmm. just a tie or something just something something different like mm-hmm. around his neck. Um, what what could be even more interesting is uh, that if we didn't go full blown suit, or he has a suit and he has a fob watch, <laughs> which kind of harks back to yeah. how the master mm-hmm. came out. But what I think would be a cool twist would be if his outfit was casual but it was a casual suit in terms of the way we've seen in episodes well specifically Matt Smith's first episode the way he's just running around in the shirt and tie from yeah. Tennant mm-hmm. if he ended up becoming a very practical doctor in terms of things like you know I'm not wearing this suit almost you know, like a school roll teacher the sleeve, kind roll of thing. the sleeves up yeah almost like you know, a school teacher you know, roll the sleeves up ties loose right you know kind of yeah. off we go sort of thing well it's, we won't know until Christmas so yeah. We still have to get the 50th anniversary out of the way, and then we'll find out. Yeah, we'll see because, Matt Smith go bye-bye. Because Matt Smith's filmed his final scenes, it's all over, that we've that time has come again. So we have to get the 50th over with us, see what magic is in that. We have to have our 50th special episode, um, see what magic is in that as well. Yes. Um, and then we have the goodbye, and the start of the Peter Capaldi era, which is going to be pretty awesome, I hope. Mm-hmm. It will be. Uh, so that'll probably do us... For now. Yep. Um, so, by all means, follow us on the Twitter uh, at Retroshock316. I'm at Alan GW Price. He's at Vinto316. If you want to drop us an email, it's Alan Price at OperationRetroshock.co.uk. And yours is Chris? Vinto316 at gmail.com. Yes, so by all means, get in contact with us. Feel free, no matter what it is. Mind, we had a random person the other day when we posted uh, our general tweets in regards to. You know, why don't you check out the latest episode of the show? He sent us a tweet saying, or buy this, and it was a random link to a uh, eBay bid on a mint sealed copy of Wind Waker on the GameCube. 
And I was like, why are you sending us this? Um, you should know fine rightly that uh, we have the likes of that stuff on file anyway, or we wouldn't be doing this show. Yeah, so, so we appreciate uh, your uh, kindness in terms of trying to get us to buy something of yours, um, but uh, sadly we'll have to pass at this time. Uh, but that is going to do us for this episode. I've been Alan Price. He's been Chris Finn. Say bye bye, Chris. Geronimo. Geronimo. Or Alan Z. Alan Z. Yeah. Yes. So yes, uh, join us next time as we will begin our journey in our month-long celebration of Doctor Who. The next episode is going to be the first of our Doctor-specific episodes leading up to the actual 50th anniversary itself. So that means the next episode will be based on William Hartnell and will be the episode, the Aztecs, well episodes to be precise, the Aztecs storyline. Are you excited for it, Chris? I am quite excited because this will be the first time that we'll have um, both sat down together and watched a Hartnell story and a Triton story. We've watched, well, it'll probably be the first time that we've sat down together and watched a Colin Baker story as well. This is true. There's you know, gonna, There's so going to be a lot of firsts going through this run through, so you are going to get a story from every single doctor discussed by us in the weeks running up to the actual 50th anniversary and then we're going to have our big 50th special for you to enjoy as well yes we are we've invited some guests onto that so we'll announce that near the time once we've uh, sat down and decided to uh, see when we're going to record it and uh, things like that so um, yeah so in the lead up to Doctor Who um, it's basically been two years and say six months since we've done like a good number of Doctor Who specials back yes. to back 2011 so you have to forgive us everybody who's here for just normal retro and video gamey things it is very rarely that such an anniversary of a TV show that you enjoy would come around so uh, please humour us and uh, you know sit back and enjoy our ramblings uh, some of the earlier ones are probably going to be reasonably entertaining where we take the mickey out of a few things uh, because they're older but uh, it'll be enjoyable nonetheless. So yes, join us next time when we uh, discuss uh, the Aztecs, William Hartnell. But we've been rambling here enough. We already said our goodbye, <laughs> um, especially to our eBay friend. Yeah. So, right. uh, <laughs> but uh, I've been Alan Price. He's been Chris Vint. And uh, join us next time for Operation Who Shock. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.